Welcome to the show. This is the first episode of Don't Fret. This is a podcast made for anyone who has ever thought about building an electric guitar. I'm Alex Myla, also known around social media as Luthier MD, and by my hobby side brand moniker, AKM Guitar Works. I'm joined by the show's co-host and one of my great friends, Chris Yates, owner and luthier of Mobius Guitars. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going all right, man. I'm, I know we've been talking about doing this for quite some time now and at least a few months yeah and i figure now's a a great time to do this um i think the best way to start off our first episode is to let people know who we are our backgrounds and why we decided to do all of this in the first place yeah you want to start off uh yeah so i um i've kind of been around uh guitars and instruments and stuff all my life um i'm actually right now i'm uh at my dad's guitar shop uh up in idaho and i grew up with he and my mom like traveling around playing music together uh when i was little and so i was just kind of always around instruments and then when i got kind of into my teens um you know i started playing guitar in my own band and uh, I sort of ended up becoming the de facto, like, oh, will you, like, change my strings and, uh, like, swap out my pickups guy. Um, and then as I got older, I just sort of, like, gravit or, I don't know, developed that a little bit more to the point of uh, starting my own YouTube channel uh, several years ago called Axe Hacks, which, um, you know, once I got busier with uh building guitars uh that sort of like i didn't really have time to keep up with it but um yeah the i mean axe hacks sort of uh prompted the decision of you know am i just going to keep modifying existing guitars um and if so to what end uh or am i just going to start designing and building my own from scratch um and so that's sort of uh, what prompted the whole thing. And then, um, as far as like actually learning how to do it, I kind of just like bought a plunge router, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, found some, uh, some scrap wood to practice on, um, and like created my own, uh, Telecaster template and, uh, went at a, a, what, what at the time I thought was like a practice, uh, redwood body blank that I made out of some wood that I found behind our shed in California. Um, and, uh, just kind of went for it and it was, it was, I had fully intended it to be like a complete, like, uh, you know, if it was a failure, then that's fine. Kind of a guitar, but it just like sort of kept going well. (laughs) So now I still have that guitar. (laughs) Um, and after that, um, you know, like, myself like everyone else in in like the metal scene at the time fell in love with the black machine style of guitars um which are like for those that aren't familiar are somewhat unattainable like they sell on the used market for like twenty thousand dollars it's insane so i was like i'll just take a stab at building one for myself uh so i started going to the the sf tech shop um which is like a, a woodworking shop that you can pay uh, monthly fee to just like go and use their tools and stuff. Um, and I built a, a black machine clone for myself and kind of in the middle of that project, I ended up, um, 
meeting Hugo Mermet uh, that moved just like by happenstance, uh, moved from France over to the Bay Area. Um, and I kind of helped him like equip his shop and get set up uh, after he moved. And then, um, you know, I kind of was able to take what I had already taught myself and uh, learn a ton from Hugo about building um, and then just kind of like split off and did my own thing. Uh, That's incredible. Hugo's when, a when fantastic builder. Oh yeah. He's, he's awesome. Also probably the nicest guy I've ever met. <laughs> it's like such a cool dude. <clears throat> that must've been awesome sharing some shop space with him. Yeah. I mean, getting, and I don't think I realized until like later how unique of an opportunity that is of like, you know, Oh, I really want to do this super niche thing. And by, you know, complete uh, stroke of luck, like here's this guy that's moving from the other side of the world <laughs> to right. within 30 minutes of where you live and is like totally willing to share everything that he knows with you. Like it's insane. So yeah, Hugo, if you're listening to this, thank you. <laughs> that's amazing. So, so I, we met each other through social media, through you know, almost just kind of happenstance, um, so following the same circles and stuff. I first became aware of you as a builder. I, <laughs> I think because I was researching, uh, different wood finishes and yeah. I, uh, you're a big like proponent of Odie's oil. And I, I was completely unaware of that finish at the time. Um, and I came across your blog uh, and, which is something that I've always, uh, wanted to do, but never, uh, you know, kind of similar to Axe Hacks, just like, didn't think that I would be able to keep up with it. Sure. Um, but yeah, your blog has like all these gorgeous photos of your guitars and you're al also like a fantastic photographer. Thank um, you. and I was looking at your guitar and this was like when I was first learning how to build. So I think that I was aware of you as a builder for probably like a year or two before we even like connected and started chatting. That's amazing. It's, it's one of those things I've realized um, since I've started building was that how small of a community this really is and how approachable pretty much everybody in the community really is about, you know, if you have questions about how to get started, how to do certain things that the, books that we've all kind of seen about how to build electric guitars just don't quite tell you. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Like the, uh, I, I bought when I was learning, I bought the Stumac, uh, oh, yeah. like fretting book. I have that too. Yeah. And, and uh, going like going back and referencing that now I, I'm like, man, I do things so different <laughs> than <laughs> how this book told, told me to do it. Oh yeah. If you look at, um, a lot of the, the, in, in quotations, the standard guitar uh, education on building, um, I, I'll, so much is left out, and I and I get why because you know everyone's trained in a different way. Mm -hmm. But I think if I mean my background is similar to yours, where we kind of just figured this out um, based on what we like and what we don't like, and picked up skills as we went. Yeah, and like what what's how? Tell us your story of like how you gravitated towards this and then figured out how to build a guitar. So I, um, I've, I've always liked to tinker and build stuff ever since I was little. And, um, 
I I always kind of went with the philosophy of you know how hard can it be, and a lot of my friends know that as well about me as in like if I'm into something, there's a chance that I've tried to recreate it or build it, and when it, I kind of got the bug um, to build back in high school, my my high school principal, um, his name is Mr. Collins. He, you know, was a very, very, very nice guy, quiet, very unassuming. And he gave a speech one day and he pulls out this banjo and he's playing it. He's just, it sounds amazing. And he says at the end, like his whole speech was about his journey building that banjo and what it meant to him. So we all, we all kind of live close together. So I went up to his house and he showed me, you know, the guitars he built. He built banjos, acoustics, and everything. So I was hooked. I just, one, didn't have the money and didn't have the means or the space to actually do any of it. So it's kind of just smoldering in my head for a bit. A couple of years later, I built a Warmoth Les Paul, which I still have. And after that, when I went to uh, med school in India, I bought some wood, bought some hand tools, and made my first guitar based on the pictures and process that I'd seen people go through on sevenstring.org's Luthery section. And honestly, that's kind of where I learned everything, was seeing what people did, what people didn't do, what the pros did, what they, you know, what little tips they'd offer here and there. And I um, had no woodworking skills. And as I needed to learn certain skills, I would try to pick them up through, you know, my network of friends I've met along the way. And um, I think that's also one of the reasons why I've wanted to do something like this was because the it's such a fulfilling hobby and it brings so much meaning to my life and kind of levels me out from the day-to-day uh, work of, you know, being a physician that I know there are a lot of other people that have reached out on social media, namely on Instagram for me, who have asked questions about how do I go about this? How do I do this? How do I start? It's very intimidating. And I usually just tell them, just make a cut. It's just wood. Mm-hmm. The worst that can happen is, is you make a mistake, but you've learned something from that. Um, and that's kind of how it is. And so over the past years, I've I've put out maybe about two to four guitars in a year, maybe. And it's more of the process, more of the um, the journey rather than the end product. And um, picked up a couple cool tools along the way. Um, and I'm sure you have too, uh, as we, we always geek out about very similar things. Last year was very expensive. I'll just say <laughs> <laughs> Best tool if you're out there. You, you need to hit up my boy here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Festival, you'll see um, all of the things on social media in the near future. Um, yeah. Um, just speaking of your story, like, uh, shout out to the seven string forum. <laughs> because, oh my God, yeah. uh, I think that's actually how you and I first connected. Yep. Um, was just like through a, a series of private messages on there. But, um, that's also how I ended up getting contacted by my first few, like paying clients as a luthier was they saw just like what I had uploaded on there. 
um, you know, just as like personal projects. And uh, yeah, it, in fact, like um, the very first guitar that I ever built for someone else that was like, you know, a, an agreed like price and all this stuff is now one of my best friends, um, Carl that lives over in Sweden. Um, oh, yeah. and that was, that turned into a whole, cause, uh, my wife, Monica and I love, um, you know, traveling internationally to explore different countries and stuff. Um, and my sister lives in Oslo, Norway, um, which we had just gotten back from our first trip and checking out, um, that part of Europe. Uh, and then I get hit up by Carl who lives in, uh, he lives outside of Stockholm in a smaller city called, uh, Vestros. And, um, we just kind of worked out this deal of like, okay, well, you know, if I hand, you know, if I hand build this guitar, um, let's work it out so that I can also hand deliver it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we, pl we planned, dude, it was so rad. Like we planned this whole vacation around the, the delivery of this instrument. And it was like, okay, yeah, there's absolutely zero to complain about <laughs> in this whole scenario. It's so <laughs> awesome. Do, do you get that feeling too, when you complete an instrument, um, there's that itch that you, you really, really want to want to keep it. You're like, I, I really don't want to let this go. Oh, in the first, I would say five instruments, uh, that I built that like I knew were going to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely. <laughs> but now, um, I, I think, I feel like for me anyway, that's sort of like a, a hump that I've gotten over where even from, uh, the initial design process it's it's in my mind that it's like this is for like purpose built uh you know it's a custom instrument for this person for these reasons um and especially because like i you know the the way that i approach design and building is from like a very ergonomic and like purposeful um approach and so you know if uh, there was one client that we still have to like uh hone in like the the final details but we were talking about uh like he has an a, a wrist issue um and one of the like main things on my guitars is a custom neck profile um and he, right now he's like waiting to see if his wrist is even going to like heal to the point of where he would be able to play any guitar um but like just exchanging um the ideas about that instrument and like how we could design it in a way that would work for him. Like for me, I found that that's probably the most fulfilling thing is like starting at that design stage. Um, and just being like, you know, let's, let's see if we can create an instrument that will enable you to make music that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do. That's amazing. And, uh, and I, I think that's interesting about, I guess, both of our, the way we approach building as well is like for you, like for me, it's, it's, it, it's a hobby. It's a hobby that has turned into something where some people have requested to purchase some builds and it's usually friends and family. Um, and I, you know, I, my, I guess my whole approach to it is that I build for myself and then usually they're up for first refusal if they end up going that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and occasionally I'll have something that is going to be given as a gift or something like that. But uh, I know uh, when we first connected, 
uh, it was actually when I was in fellowship for hospice and palliative medicine in Reno. Mm-hmm. And I actually, we actually got to meet up. I met Monica too, but you also brought a few of the, your instruments that you've made and they were phenomenal. I, I, I still remember um, holding it. And, and, and I, and I preface this also, a lot of people will say, oh yeah, you know, you're, you're kind of building up your buddy here. But the, the, the thing about building an instrument or having a hobby, having a passion is you also know what exactly to look at in other people's work to see if they have that attention to detail. Definitely. And like a, a general person who's ordering the guitar or who wants something, even a really big enthusiast on it may know some, but they're not going to know as much as someone who actually builds, um, you know, with that passion. And, and it's, it's one thing that I saw and I was like, I do want a Mobius guitars um, in the very near future, just because of that attention to detail. That neck profile is phenomenal, by the way, and it's 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 unique in the sense where it's you know kind of a combination of of the unique profiles that have come out of uh, the last couple of years. Um, only just I think a bit tweaked, um, and it's something that I prefer over the others. Um, but I you know I I do really admire your attention to detail to the ergonomics and stuff while still maintaining the eye for aesthetics. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. That, that was kind of my, um, I guess like the, the mantra of when I got into designing my own, uh, my own models was like, I wanted to incorporate ergonomics as much as possible into, um, more accessible designs um so and before i started building on my own like i just for like established brands that i was a big fan of i grew up um like playing ibanez for the most part and i've always been a like a fan of the wizard neck like the super thin shreddy necks and stuff um and uh and then i got my hands on a strandberg uh for the first time and I was like, it it was like this weird switch that clicked in my head. And I was like, no other guitar matters now. Right. <laughs> like, it's like something this is, that changes the game, essentially. Yeah, like this is so just the fundamentally different approach to the way that those guitars were designed. I was like, okay, like there, this is, this is a thing <laughs> that yeah. needs to be paid attention to. Um, and, but, you know, recognizing that they are very like unconventionally styled guitars, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of trying to bring, um, a lot of the benefits that they brought to the table into, uh, more traditional, um, or like I said, like digestible or approachable designs, um, is sort of just what Mobius is all about. Um, and yeah, for, uh, for your guitars, I almost feel bad because the only <laughs> the only one of your instruments that I've actually held was the the mini guitar that you built oh, for, yeah. for Shaper. For yeah, <laughs> and, and that's it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like uh, that was definitely cool for for what it was, but I've never played any of your like you know full adult sized <laughs> instruments. Yeah, it's it's true. It's true. I, I remember because uh, I think it was you and and Sam uh, and Tanya from the Shaper team that sent me the picture. 
when you'd mm-hmm. stop by at the shop. And I, I actually, I actually posted it on my Instagram as well. It's there. <laughs> um, I, I got a kick out of that. That was awesome. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to the shaper team. Cause oh everyone God, yeah. that I've, uh, interacted with that works there, including my friend Dylan, uh, yeah, just fantastic team of people. We're, we're going to have to make an episode a just lot about on, shaper, just about shaper and the origin and our experiences with that and how we incorporate that into our workflow. And I know that that would be a very, very um, interesting episode because I know we both have very um, similar but then different ways we use it. Um, and I, a lot of the questions I get on social media are about the shaper. Definitely. Um, about the origin, sorry. And it's use, it's practicality, you know, how I managed to use it and um along with you know like you said like the finishing questions are something that i always get asked and we'll do something on that as well because that's a that's a lot to go through Um, yeah Uh, and for for anyone listening that doesn't know uh what the origin is um it is a it looks like a plunge router um but it has a touch screen on it and it's essentially a a cnc it's a handheld cnc machine um it just does x and y it doesn't do any z um z axis carving but um the cool thing about it is because it's only the size of a router um you have a lot more flexibility in terms of like what uh like what size of stock you can use it on um portability oh yeah definitely uh so yeah it's to my shop that the the co-op shop kind of like that you That's were right. At. In yep. Reno, I would bring it from my home to the shop back and forth, and it essentially was a CNC in my hands, or I guess more or less autocorrect in my hands. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rad. It does like you. It has to like see the kind of the workspace that you're working in, and then it does surface tracking and it autocorrects. So like you physically move the router around while looking at the touch screen, and it has. Um, like correction servo motors that move the the bit to to keep it precise, like where you're trying to actually cut. It's pretty wild. Like the first few times that you use it, um, it's kind of surreal. <laughs> Feels <laughs> like magic, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah. If, if you ever used a regular router with templates and had all the fears associated with <laughs> tilting the machine one way, chip out, all this stuff. And then you use this. I've I've had people who have zero woodworking experience try out this on a on an actual piece of figured wood and not make any errors or anything because it's helping you. And it's it's such a cool piece of equipment. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Sam, Tanya. I have bothered these two at all hours of the night when I'm in the <laughs> shop, being like, "Yo, this is not working. This is not working." And ninety nine point nine percent of the times, it's come down to user error so right yeah me um but they've been super patient and that whole team has just been phenomenally supportive yeah if you ever uh they're based out of san francisco um if you find yourself in sf for any reason um actually you, you haven't been to their hq before right i have not i do want to make a trip though it's it's very cool in that it's not like this enormous elaborate headquarters it's like a warehouse but it's a super clean super well equipped (laughs) warehouse i I can only Um, imagine and yeah it's great like 
at least when I was there, which was a couple of years ago, um, it's just like a handful of people, um, you know, like 10 to 20 ish people, maybe, um, on the team, just working on stuff, uh, doing different troubleshooting and different development. Um, but yeah, and of course, like, so the, um, also just mentioned Festool a little bit earlier, Festool, um, and Shaper, I believe are owned by the same parent company. So Festool actually makes the spindle, um, that's in the origin. Um, and so as, as like a byproduct of that, the whole, or, uh, Shaper HQ is like there's shapers everywhere, but then also Festool stuff everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a little slice of heaven for sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to cover in detail our experiences with that, um, that tool in, a, in another episode, um, along with finishes. And we got, we got a lot of stuff we want to geek out about with everyone. And I'm going to try to compile a list of questions that I've been getting from Instagram, Facebook, and some of the forums as well. And, um, save some time, you know, at the end of, um, or at the beginning, you know, whatever it seems uh, fitting to answer some of these questions. And both of us can share our, you know, our, our different perspectives. Um, we, we build similar, we have similar approaches to builds and we, you know, continue to influence and inspire each other as well as I felt with any of the builders that I've come in contact with. I was just going to tack on like what you mentioned earlier about the community of Luthiers and how, um, like I, I think I have yet to encounter, uh, well also, okay. So the, <laughs> in, in this industry, I feel like there's kind of two, uh, there's a little bit of a, a division. There are luthiers that like hand build instruments or started off hand building instruments and have sort of like since scaled up and moved on to. Uh, you know, licensing their designs to um, like production plants or whatever. And then there is like the, the much more businessman approach where it's like they, they have their design and they've never like held a router in their life. <laughs> and they're just yeah. like trying to build a company. Um, there's like, there's a lot of cool people in that camp, but in the camp of just like people that are, you know, woodworkers and start out doing it for fun and, uh, you know, just kind of more of a, a DIY approach. Like I, in that camp, I've met n- like nothing but awesome, fantastic, welcoming people. Um, and I, I, I have a bit of a background in the, uh, pro audio industry and that is, that is not the case <laughs> in that <laughs> industry. So as far as like, uh, just finding a niche of like the music, um, industry where everyone, involved seems to actually be like happy and cool like i've not experienced anything um e- even in the same ballpark until i started building my own guitars no it's true and uh one other thing that you know in preparation for this this podcast at least the the lag time to, to when we launched this first episode we've been able to get in touch with a lot of our friends and want to bring them on and pick their brains, have them discuss about their build philosophy, their inspirations and tips for starting out for any of the new listeners who have yet to make a cut into a piece of wood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, it'll be cool. Like, um, we'll certainly bring on, 
uh, other like seasoned luthiers, but I think it'll also be fun to get perspectives um, from people in uh, just kind of like related <clears throat> industries, whether that's like uh, musicians or uh, doubt. yeah, even uh, just like woodworkers that haven't built guitars before or um, people that are just starting out building guitars. Uh, just getting different perspectives, I think, will be a, a lot of fun. That's going to be a, a great way to kind of grow the channel, you know, have everyone kind of be a part of the conversation because this is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be something that you dread or anything like that. And I know the initial steps to any starting any project is pretty daunting, especially when you, I remember when I was starting and I see someone like, you know, Jens Ritter um, and his builds and all this <laughs> stuff behind them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I would never be able to build that. And, and, and they're, know, what are Ritter's starting price tags like? Twenty, twenty-five thousand. Yeah, like <laughs> which it like, I guess speaking to that point in the world of custom-built acoustic guitars, that's actually like almost on the low end. Exactly. Um, which is pretty wild. Um, it's something I, I else. Need, I need to venture further into the acoustic game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a there's a couple acoustic builders I'd love to get on here, and I'll, I'm gonna see if i if i reach, reached out to them in the past um and so we'll we'll chat about those guys for sure in the future there's going to be a lot of different perspectives on building on music on everything really we just yeah on on wood choice um yeah we're gonna have, yeah probably a separate episode just dedicated on on the whole you know, high, hotly contested debate on tone woods and our our opinions on that. We that's something we'd really like a lot of input on. Yeah, Just yeah. I mean, every I, I feel like that has to be a question for every uh, like builder guest. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, we, we, I, I think you're right. Actually, anyone we bring on, we'll have to ask them a series of questions just to put them in put them into the fire. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I know this. Uh, this first episode, we don't want to get it, have it go on too long. Um, but, you know, I'm excited that we're able to start this. And I hope whoever's listening is also eager to hear um, and participate in some of the discussions going forward. Um, you know, one of the one of the episode starters that I wanted to do, and I think we'll do that for the next one is, you know, what are what are some of the questions you get asked most frequently? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just FAQ sort of. Yeah. <clears throat> and um yeah i guess you know in closing you know i guess one of the, the questions i think I've, I've already answered this one for myself but it'd be interesting to hear from you like my favorite tools uh that shape or origin just because of the uh amount of doors that's open for me in the shop mm -hmm. and for those uh of you out there i encourage you go on youtube look up alex myla m-y-l-a and then shaper and you'll find the video that we shot with them and that little shaper guitar that Chris was talking about. Um, and so Chris, like what's a, what, what's one of your favorite tools? Uh, I feel like this is going to vary episode to episode, depending on what I'm working on at the time, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I just finished and am still in the process of finishing, um, a few bodies, like just that, you know, the, the, last few steps 
that you do to a body like as you're applying coats of finish and stuff like that sure um the the little like baby scrapers that oh, yeah. uh i think stumac sells yeah 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 um i i don't i i don't think that i could make it uh a proper feeling finished guitar without those <laughs> like that's awesome just the the little details that you're able to correct with those and just make like perfect um that you like you you can't get in there with sandpaper you can't use a larger scraper it's like there's no other tool that can do what those do and they're not expensive um yeah in fact i would say to anyone listening that's like what are some like specialty luthier tools that i should invest in i think this whole the whole set is like it can't be a, over 20 bucks and they're like indispensable to me. Oh man. Um, I, so, yeah. I feel like that's going to just get that whole gear, gear acquisition syndrome going. <laughs> uh, I think Stu Mac, uh, Oh man, I've, I've, I've bought too many things from there, but it's all super necessary. Yeah. I, I will say, um, I think I'm in a, an a unique place where I've gotten, everything that i might ever need to get from stumac that's a <laughs> like, lie <laughs> everyone that's listening knows that's a lie just wait <laughs> i hope that's a lie yeah right <laughs> um but yeah those little scrapers are awesome check them out for sure it'd probably be good to go through you know where we get certain equipment kind of tips and tricks about um different ways to do things too because when I was starting out, I wanted to know where do you buy this? Where do you buy this? What's a good place to buy this? And I think that'd be that'd be a nice thing to do eventually. Yeah, for sure. I have a feeling that we've covered a good amount right now, at least as far as an intro episode goes. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we can keep talking on and on about this, and that's why we created this. Um, we're looking forward to hearing any sort of feedback questions hit reach us uh on social media i'm more active on instagram at akm underscore guitar works one word if you just type in akm you'll find both my guitar and photography site just hit me up on there i try to answer my uh dms as much as possible um i'm also uh, available on some of the forums like seven string unfortunately i don't check that as often and my blog akm.xyz and i usually get alerts for when people comment on some of my uh, posts there so feel free to reach out we're usually always available chris um how can people reach you uh primarily instagram is the <clears throat> the main thing that i keep up with it's just at mobius guitars um or my website uh just mobiusguitars.com um or i i guess i'm also on facebook but it's kind of linked to directly to the instagram so yeah either way mobius guitars excellent and uh yeah we look forward to continuing this um uh, we we'd love to hear what you guys think and we're glad that you guys could join us for our first episode absolutely uh any other closing thoughts chris I, I think I'm good, man. Um, I'm I'm excited for future episodes. Excited to to get some of our pers uh, perspective guests on here, um, and really dive farther into the build process. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that as well. Well, that's a wrap on episode one of Don't Fret. 
please connect with us on social media, ask us questions, and leave some comments regarding the show and what content you'd like to hear more about. See you all back here again for episode two.